How many know nothing happens with, uh, with God by coincidence? This day was planned. You came in here because God says, today you will be here. Now, that's the truth. These things were already written, and we are fulfilling what God already knew. Oh, God already knew will happen. So we are here in his presence today, and he's here with us. Let's uh, say the scriptures and make our confession before God. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. I want to start from that same scripture we just quoted. Please be seated. Notice, God's, we are asking God, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned to speak a word in season to him who is weary. There are a lot of weary people out there. There are a lot of people searching for the meaning of life. There are um, so many people wondering, is this all there is to life? Day to day? Is this all? I need something more. You need a meaning to, I mean, the re, uh, a reason for living, so to speak. Why am I here? Why were you created? Do you know? Will God be satisfied for creating you when it's all over? Did you even bother to find out whether or not you have an assignment from God? Believe me, God doesn't create wastes. Everyone is important. There are things that you can do that I can't do. It has got to be done. I can't do it for you. You have your own special assignment. You are not an accident. God knew you before you were born. God said to one of his prophets, I knew you before your mother conceived you. So you were in the mind of God before you came to this world. He knew you. It's interesting if you read in the book of Isaiah, God knew a king years before he was born and called him by name, Cyrus. Called him by name years before the man was born. And when he saw his name in scripture, uh, that king decided... Well, I'm going to do everything that he said about me. Maybe you're not that king. But let me let you know this. God knew you before you were born here. And you came into this world with an assignment. You are a product of love. God created you because of love. You are an offspring of love. God loves. For God so loved the world, mankind, that he gave. It's like Satan stole the object of his love, and God's going to get it back. Even if he has to die for it, he'll get it back. And that's you. And that's me. We have to respond back in love. 
And God's telling us, spread that love. The Holy Spirit is with us spreading the love. Romans chapter 5 verse 5. God spreading the love in our hearts through His Holy Spirit. If you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, that love is in you. And God saying, create more vessels so I can fill them with this love that came from heaven. He's called God's love. It's never found here on earth. The title of the message is basically Christ's love in the workplace. Basically, outside the church. We can show God's love in the church, but God says, I want you to take, take it outside the church. There are two forces on earth. There is the natural human love, I've said it here, natural human love that is really based on selfishness. It's always what I can get. God doesn't think that way. God is always what, is, what can I give to make your life better. That's the way God thinks, not what, you, what he can get from you. If God says, give me something, the reason he's asking you to give him anything, whatever that is, is so that he can give back to you in a bigger measure. Until you give to him, you tie his hands. So when God's asking from something, for something from you, it's not that he wants it. What does he need? He doesn't need to eat steak. So there's nothing you can give him, even your money, he doesn't need to buy anything. When he's asking from you, he's saying, open the door for me, please, son, daughter, so that I can pour out on you, so that you can know that I am a good God. That's why we were saying unto him, God is good. But how would you know that God's good until you give him the opportunity and the privilege for him to show himself to you as a good God? So we need to do this. Love is of God. And every commandment is based on love. Because the Bible says, God is love. The love that people talk about in the world, that's not love. That's love based on selfishness. What I can get. But God wants us to always give. And I said here last week, God said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. Have you, as God, made you a light? If you are the light of the world, God doesn't want you to want that light to be hidden. He is saying to you, you are like a city set on a hill for everyone to see. He said, people don't light a lamp and put it under a basket. Who is lighting? God is. And who is he lighting? Me and you. And he says, people don't do that. Humans don't light a lamp and put it under a bucket. Wait won't give light. So God didn't make you a Christian for you to be healing. He wants you out there. A showcase for the world to see. A showcase for the world to examine and know of his goodness. You are his goodness in person. And the more they see you, the more he beautifies you, the more they examine you, the more they want him. So that he can beautify them as well. So we have a responsibility to let the world know that God is love. 
You know, when Jesus came, he said things like this. I and my father are one. Basically, all your concepts about God, they're all wrong. <laughs> you look at me, that's how God is like. Never hurt anybody. Always doing good. In fact, he told them one time, he said, which of you convict me of sin? No one there. His enemies were quiet. I mean, if you know something is done, hey, you want me to tell you? I'll tell you. But they were quiet because you, they couldn't. There was nothing. All he did was good. And God's wanting us to do that. And what he was doing was glorifying his father, correcting the mistakes that people have made and said about his father, that his father was severe, he kill you every time he has the opportunity. If you make one mistake, he's got you. Jesus said, no, I forgive the woman. Go and sin no more. Protected her so that no one would destroy your life. They saw God's goodness in him. And in Acts chapter, chapter 10 verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing what? Good. Healing all who were sick. Oppressed by the devil. And he said, let men see your good works. Okay? So that they glorify your Father in heaven. So it's your good works that brings glory to your Father. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. So your life lifts him up in the workplace. And so don't be a lazy Christian in the workplace. And if you are going to be lazy, please don't sing, I fly away at the workplace. Because your co-workers know you ain't going nowhere. You're lazy. Where are you flying to? You're always flying away. When it comes to work, you fly away. Protect his name. If you're not willing to work hard, be quiet. Don't say anything. So you can say some of those lazy Christians. All Christians are not lazy, just you. Okay? I'm not talking to any one of you, just you. And if you're going to be using foul language at work, that's not representing him. And guess what? They know it. They know you have stepped out of love. If you love God, maybe it's not sin to you, but it offends people. And if it offends people, it's sin. Love does no harm to anyone. So if somebody is not happy because of what you're doing as a Christian, except maybe living your life as a good Christian, uh, something is wrong. And heaven is not happy. That's why the Bible talks about God disciplines uh, those he loves. You're going to get disciplined by God. Because God wants your light to shine. So the thing for us to do in the workplace is to show kindness. That's number one. Be kind to people. You're not doing it for them. The Bible says whatever you do in word or indeed, 
Do all in the name of the Lord. You are doing it at, as unto him. But I guarantee you, Jesus said, no man. Matthew 19. No man, if you give up anything for his, for his sake, you're getting it back. If you discipline yourself at work to shine the light of Christ so that they'll see your life and begin to want to be in church with you or to go to church with you, guess what? God will reward you greatly. God will reward you. God said, I didn't tell the sons of Jacob to serve me in vain. You never serve God in vain. I can guarantee you. You can never serve God in vain. The early days, my wife and I, we started, it, they were tough days in ministry. It were very tough days. We never saw this day. But we knew that God's faithful. And God's been faithful, not only to us, but to our children also. And to the church, God's been faithful. You cannot serve God in vain. So be kind at the workplace. Look for opportunities, and you're not doing it for them, but for him. Look for opportunities to show some kindness in his name. That means you took his place in love. What Jesus would have done if he were around, that's what you're doing. And the Father recognizes it. Many times we think that God just spoke to Jesus when Jesus was baptized. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Are you not his son? Jesus said the same love that the father has for me, he has for you. So when you do those good things, God says, that's my beloved son or daughter in whom I am well pleased. And the people can recognize it. That's when they seek you in secret. When you are on your own, they walk to you. Eh, eh, can I talk to you, please? The word, I have some problems. Could you pray for me? I know those other guys, they curse you out a lot, but I see something different about you. How many have experienced that? That's happened. Where you show some kindness. You know, there was a man in scripture, I believe he was a lawyer, he was, he was questioning Jesus, the great law. What, what, tell me the great commandments. And Jesus told him, Love your father, love the father God. With all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And the guy asked him, who is my neighbor? To justify himself, I don't have neighbors. Who is my neighbor? And Jesus gave him the story of the Good Samaritan. You know that story? The story of the Good Samaritan. Now, if you understand the background of that story, these guys don't talk. The Samaritans were considered dogs. There was a racial thing going on there. The Jews, in their time, they believed they were better than everybody else in the world. They were God's people, and the rest of us Gentiles, they're Gentile dogs. And you know what? The Samaritan was even more hated. And so when, when you read in, say, in John chapter 4, and he needed to go through Samaria... Uh, that was Jesus deliberately doing something that most Jews would never do. And the woman said, you are a Jew, you are talking to me. A woman from Samaria doesn't compute. Because that's the way there was real serious enmity between these people. And so the fellow asked, who is my neighbor? 
But he said the thief was on his way to Jericho, fell among thieves, and he was wounded, beaten. A pastor came by and he said, look, I have a preaching engagement over there. I have to be on time. They won't forgive me if I don't get there on time. Uh, this is gospel according to good luck, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, he made an excuse. He justified not helping the man. I'm sure the guy, if you understand the story, sometimes we don't think. I'm sure the guy who was wounded probably looked up and saw the priest and said, to, Oh, thank you, God. There's somebody here that will help me. He's even a priest. This is good. God sent help. He walked away. And the man was very discouraged. And then a deacon came by. Okay. <laughs> and saw him. And he said, we got a deacon's meeting. I don't have time for this. God be with you, man. But meanwhile, the fellow thought, wow, here comes the deacon. The priest, he couldn't help me, but deacons are pretty good. I think they were hard workers. He probably helped me. And he walked away. And I'm sure the guy was thinking, there's no help for me. I'm going to die in this desert. <clears throat> and now comes a Samaritan. His enemy. Did you think he was expecting help? No. That's an enemy. He's a Samaritan. I know them. He, he won't help me. He's not going to do anything about me. He's all over for me. I know we don't sit back and think about what's happening here in scriptures. But all of a sudden, the one that was hated, and the one who was supposed to hate, because he knew he was hated, came down from his horse, Spent a lot of time with him. You know the scriptures. Put him in the inn. Paid for it and took care of him. And said, I'm coming back. I'll take care of it. And Jesus said, who then will that man consider his neighbor? You know what that is? You go make yourself a neighbor. That's what he's saying. You go out and make yourself a neighbor. That will love you. That's the essence of that scripture. Go out and love somebody. That's what he's saying. Go out and show some kindness to somebody. And tell them why you're doing it. Now, one of the things I just read about the Billy Graham uh, ministry, uh, they show kindness. Uh, they give food and all of that. And he says a lot of Christians do that, but they don't tell them why they're doing it. That's a problem. Just doing good works without telling them why you're doing it, doesn't connect them to the maker. They don't know to glorify him who is doing the good works in you. So let them know uh, is the Lord. Amen? He's the Lord. You know, you know in those days, uh, I'll never do what I've done to you right now. Say, really? I thought you were a kind man. No, I'm telling you, you don't know me. You don't have to preach to them John 3.16. And quote all those scriptures. Just tell them what God's done in your life. Yeah, I was a very hard man. 
I almost killed the man. You did. But you are not like that. Yeah. Jesus changed me. Amen. And that's why I'm able to do what I'm doing. He's walking through me. Hey, before long, they want this Jesus. So be kind to people. Look for opportunities to be kind. When, especially when they are not expecting it. Do it. You know, I believe it was one of our members here was telling me uh, they had this thought in their heart to give a hundred dollars or whatever it was to a woman about Christmas time or so, if I recall correctly, without the knowledge that this person was really needing money badly. It was a good work. This person broke in tears, just crying. Thank you, sir. But you tell them, thank you. The Lord was the one that spoke to me. Amen? They're not going to fight you about that. God told me to give it to you. Guess what? God told you to give me this? How could he do that? I was just really bad yesterday. Yeah, God told me. I'm a Christian. I go to that church. And while I was sitting there, I just felt this thing in me. And God was saying, that lady needs help. That's why I'm doing this. Guess what they'll do before they go to bed that night? Kneel before their God. Your good works. Kneel before God and say, God, you know I've been really bad. But you were, you were kind to me through that man. Can you imagine they walk into a store and they see you over there. Instantly, they are drawn. Why? Kindness. You know about God, he says, he's loving and you've got that attribute in you as well that draws people to God we go to God because of his abundant mercy and his loving kindness and when we receive Christ he is there also in our lives secondly at uh, at your workplace uh, show, uh, show some contentment You know, if you are not content, guess what you do? You complain. You start saying things. And sometimes you are mad at the boss and you say things. And guess what? You are joining with them and cursing out your boss. But you justify it because you think he is an unjust uh, boss. And guess what they are thinking? He's a Christian. And now look. They're judging you. (laughs) Let me tell you. I know you know Matthew chapter 7. Judge not. Well, let me tell you why that scripture is there. Because people always judge. (laughs) People always judge. They're judging you. So you don't engage in that. And they're watching you closely. If If you are not content in your spirit, most likely you will always from time to time carry this sad face. Why would I go to church? You are as sorry as the rest of us. You're always sad, no smile, nothing. (laughs) What would I get? Look at you. I'm not going. If I'm going to become like the way you act, always sad, always draggy, always complaining, I ain't going to church with you. I don't want what you got. But if you're always this happy person, thankful, you're sharing about what happened in church, and they're talking about firing people, but they don't see 
They dread in your face because you're trusting God. They may, some, some of the ones who really hate you for being happy. That's happened. <laughs> when you're happy, you, 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 you drink, you're soaking or drinking something. Or what, what's going on with you? But they are not happy with you. But some of them have noticed there's something real about this guy. Or this woman. And they gather, and while they are cursing, cursing you out, the other one is saying, God, I wish I can have what that man's got. Amen. You know how I know that? I did the same thing. There was a, the man that brought me to the Lord, <coughs> short fellow. His name, yeah, really short fellow. Uh, I can't forget him. His name is Samuel. He will always sing. But believe me, you will rather <laughs> just close your ears when he sings. That guy couldn't sing at all. I mean, his voice was horrible. I'll tell him to his face. We are friends now. But he will always, I wasn't saved. The funny thing, back in my hometown, I was a school teacher. They'll pick him first, and then I'll be next. And I'm sitting right by him, and he's singing, and I'm about to do this. Oh, God. But he was a happy man. And he would sing about Jesus. And they, they, here you drive to school. Over there, uh, they, they take teachers in buses to school, okay? Teachers ride buses because we can't buy cars. Okay? So they drive us in buses. They put us, uh, carry us in buses to school. So the other teachers, they see him happy singing. He says, I know that heaven is mine. And they say, Samuel, shut up. We're tired of listening to your voice. You can't sing. And they'll curse him out. And I'm listening. And I'm thinking, and he'll argue with them. All of us going to heaven. Not just you, Samuel. She says, I don't know about you. I'm going to heaven. Be quiet. And they'll cuss him out. I was a new teacher, and I'll watch him. And I think, they cussed him out so bad today, he's not going to want to talk to them when we get to school and in our, you know, what they call a staff room. We all come on room. But I will be, he didn't know I was watching him. Before long, He's back with this same guy that cursed him out. And, and they're talking as if they're friends and laughing. And I'm thinking, this man must be an angel. He's from another world. How can it, I'll kill these individuals if they did that, what they did to him today. And I made the mistake one morning while he was singing his glorious song. I made the mistake of telling him, uh, Samuel, I would really like to be like you. That was a good mistake, okay? Good mistake. Because he never let, he, would never, he kept following me. Hey, come to church with me, please. You can be like me. I said, no, 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 no. I can't be like you, Samuel. You are one of the angels. And me, the real sinner. You're not going to get me to church. But he persisted constantly. But I respected him. I went to church with him. Here I am today. Because of his testimony. Was it perfect? No. I saw that joy in him. And I knew it was real. And I wanted that. He didn't have much. But that contentment was there. Because of Jesus in his life. We want to have that. And show that spirit of contentment. Let me show you this. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 17 verse 22. A merry heart does good. Like... Medicine. 
So if you are really sad, you're going to be sick. If you're carrying yourself constantly sad, no wonder you're sick. Show some joy. Jesus said, I'm giving you my joy. He's there in you. Let that joy flow out of you. Let it flow out of you. He says, but a broken spirit dries the bones. You know why the bones? The bones, the marrow, that's where your defense against disease. Your immune system. I know that for science sake. Okay? It comes from there. And when your bones are dry, you're going to be sick. That's what the scripture is saying here. Number three, be an encourager. Be an encourager. Don't quote a lot of scriptures. And you can quote scriptures without telling them John, Romans chapter 5 or something. Just tell them the words. And they may ask you, where did you get that word from? Then tell them, do you want to know? It's in the Bible. Really? Amen. He sounds good and he brings comfort to them. And they say, what, 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 what? That's, you got those words? Where did you get this type of wisdom? He comes, he came from the Bible. So be an encourager at the place of work. Look for opportunity. People, a lot of people are going through stuff. Especially when things are really going down, people are hurting. And you, if you are just there worried about your own self, that's again selfishness, right? Come out of yourself, trust God, and begin to try to reach out to people. I'm in the same boat that you are, but I'm telling you, God's going to help. That's what that does. You really mean it? God's going to help. You're not afraid? No. God's going to take care of me and my family. So don't worry about it. I'm praying for you. Guess what that does? You've lifted the person up. You made them feel good. And guess what? They want to hear more of that encouragement coming from you. And then they want to go to church with you where you're getting that stuff. We need to reach the people for Christ. And God is giving us all the tools that we can use to reach them. Now, the time is gone and the guy to stop. Amen. Let's bow our heads. I know that the word of God is gone forth and I know the Lord Jesus is right here with us and wants to minister to us. First of all, I want you to know that, again, like I said in the early part of the service, no matter what you're going through, God's on your side. If you love God, God's on your side. If you haven't accepted Christ into your life, most likely you don't know what it means to love God. Because God has to be in you. Love has to be in you. God is love. Love has to be in you for you to be able to truly love God and love your neighbor the way God wants you to love him. So the first thing, the first thing to do is to make sure everything is right between you and your God. And today God's giving you the privilege. It is a privilege to be right with him Not to be righteous on your own, but to be right with him. Basically, come on his side. Come to his side and say, God, from now on in my life, I want to be on your side. Leave the righteousness part to him. He'll make that. He'll work that in you. 
But first is to bring him to be on your side. At the count of three, those of you that are here this morning, and I believe there are some, many of you here, and you want to make it right with God. Maybe you have made a commitment to God in the past, but you've forgotten much about that, but you want to go back and walk with God. Today, God saying, Son, daughter, come home. Come back home. I have so much for you. There is a table spread out for you. For you to enjoy. God's calling, up, calling you home. If you're here this morning, those of you that are here this morning that want to make that commitment, you want to make that commitment to Christ, at the count of three, will you just put your hand up quickly and put it back down? One, two, three, put your hand up. Thank you, sir. I saw that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The Lord our God is here with us today. I can feel His presence. And it's good. I feel like I need to encourage every one of you. God's on your side. If you are on God's side, God's on your side. And it's going to be well. No matter what the problem is, God's working out something for you. I want everyone to pray with me this morning, especially those that raise their hands. If you're making that commitment to God, we need to go all the way with God. You know this? Going halfway with God, not being serious with God, it doesn't cut it. God doesn't like it. It's like bringing a sacrifice that's lame to Him. He's not going to accept it. You give Him everything. And so for those of us, everyone here this morning, would you give everything back to God, recommit, and decide, yes, I'm going to spread love, the love of the Lord Jesus, every one of us, especially those that raise their hand. Say with me, Lord God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, into our world to die on the cross for our sins, for my sins. Lord God, I ask that you forgive me my sins. Cleanse me with your blood and make me acceptable to the Father. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. Strengthen me to live a life for you. I commit my life to live for you than to serve you Every single day of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you said that prayer, please let me know about your commitment today. The connection card, there's a portion there that says my decision today. If you're recommitting, we'd like like you to fill that up. uh, Fill that in there for us. What we'll do is send you some material just to help you in your walk with God. We buy them because we want you to have them. It's about two or three different little books that will help you in your walk with God. We, we are committed to doing that to help you uh, serve the Lord. So fill it out and put it in the offering bucket. We are now going to take our offering.